Welcome to King Solomon and the Stoics. I'm Shmuley Halpern and thank you for joining. Who isn't in search of a meaningful life? From Buddhism to Stoicism, man is in search of something. What's the point of the busyness of our lives? What does it all mean? What should it mean to me? There's so many sources of inspiration that man does look to, but there's one source that is somewhat overlooked, and those are the writings of King Solomon, known as the wisest of men. King Solomon lived roughly 1,000 years before the Common Era, in Jerusalem, where he built the Great Temple, and he led the Jewish people through what's known as their Golden Era. He led them at a time when Jerusalem was the center of trade, and Solomon had the world at his fingertips. Now, in order to understand what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, where he calls pretty much all of life nothing. All is futility, he famously writes. What does that mean? In order to better understand that, we need to take a broad look at the three books that Solomon wrote. The three books are one, Mishlei, which translates as Proverbs, a collection of powerful metaphors, Koheles, Ecclesiastes, where he writes again that everything is nothing in futility, and finally, Shirashirim, the Song of Songs, where the expression of love that Solomon gives forth is incredible. An incredible love song between man and God. What is Ecclesiastes? What's the placement of this book where Solomon declares all to be futile? So let's try to understand. Mishlei, the book of Proverbs, is a book of parables. The Rambam explains, Maimonides explains in the introduction to the Guide to the Perplexed, that the basic nature of a parable, obviously, is to reveal something beyond the parable. It's to reveal some deeper meaning. And he explains the concept of a parable by way of a parable. And he writes that there once was a very deep freshwater well, and the locals had no access to another source of water. This was their only hope for life. But it was so deep, it was inaccessible. Along came a wise man, he devised a pulley system, and by attaching one rope to another and one pulley to another, he managed to access the deep and life-giving waters of this well. Someone come along and say that the purpose here, what has meaning, what is important is the pulley system. It's so elaborate. It's incredible. It's amazing. This is the purpose. Obviously not. The pulley system is a way, is a means to access the water. Another metaphor to explain the concept of a metaphor. The Rambam writes, there was once a man who lost a precious gem. And he lost it in a very, very dark and cluttered room. He had no way of finding it. His only hope was to light some sort of light, but he didn't have anything. He didn't have wood, he didn't have a candle. So what was he to do? He managed to find a small strand of thread. And he was able to light that and get a tiny little spark, which allowed him to see where his gem was and he found the gem. Again, in this metaphor, as in the one before it, Imagine that this thread is a beautiful red. Would anyone say that the purpose is the thread? That the end goal, what's important here, is this thread in itself? Of course not. The purpose of the thread is only to allow the person to find the gem. And it's the gem that's the ultimate purpose. This explains the structure of the three books that Solomon wrote. The ultimate goal is the expression of love that the Song of Songs is comprised of. The parable is there, the Mishle, the Proverbs, the parable, the metaphor is there to teach you 
That reality is meant to lead you to a higher place. There's a deeper meaning behind reality. Reality, our lives, are a metaphor. They're a parable. However, if we get stuck with the superficial external meaning of things, then we're living like that person who thought that the strand of thread was the purpose, or that the pulley system is the end goal. We're living in the metaphor and we don't tap into the meaning. That is what Solomon means when he says, all is futility. Let's jump into the book and tap into the life wisdom of Solomon. I've learned incredible lessons here and I hope to share them with you. The beginning of the book starts, it opens with the verse that says, These are the words of Koheles, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And the second verse goes as follows. The futility of futilities, says Koheles. The futility of futilities. All is futility. So the term Koheles, the name Koheles here refers to Solomon, and he's called Koheles because the word Koheles in Hebrew means to gather. And Solomon gathered all different streams of wisdom at the time. He gathered them together, collected the best, and here he's giving it to us. Again, he was the king of Jerusalem in its golden era. He had the best of the world at his fingertips, and he considered all to be futile. All is nothing. There's no meaning. So what's the message? What does Solomon intend us to do? To retire to a mountaintop somewhere? To disengage from life? There's no meaning to it at all. So what are we supposed to do? What is his lesson? What is his message? So if we take a, a closer look at verse 2, I believe we can find the answer. If you look at verse 2 closely, it seems extremely redundant. There are a lot of words here that you could have cut out. If you're trying to say, if Solomon is trying to tell us that all is futile, he should just say it that way. All is futility. Why is he repeat it again and again and again? And the sages say, and this is brought in the comments of Rashi, the famous commentator, that there are seven mentions of futility in this verse. It says it three times in the singular and twice in the plural, altogether equaling seven. These, this number seven relates to the seven days of creation. And what Solomon is saying is that entire reality that was brought about in seven days of creation, that relates to our seven-day week, that entire reality is futile, it's nothing. So again, what's the lesson here? What are we supposed to do with this? Are we supposed to just walk around depressed? There's no meaning to life? Of course not. Of course there's a deeper message in Solomon's words. Let's try to dig deeper and uncover it. The seven days of creation includes the seventh day, which is the day of Shabbos, the day of Sabbath. On the day of Shabbos, a person is meant to rest. A person is meant to let go of the superficial, external busyness of our lives and focus on the inner meaning. So why is the seventh day part of the futility? Why does Solomon count seven times futility here? He should say six futilities, not seven. The seventh day allows us to tap into the deeper meaning of life. What makes it even stranger is the following comments from a Yehuda Aryeh Leib Alter, who was the Gera Rebbe and died in the year 1905. He writes the following cryptic sentence, Shabbos, the seventh day, the day of rest, is the futility of truth. What is that supposed to mean? How can futility be true? Let's tap into the deep wisdom of one of the great Kabbalists, of our earlier generation, Rabbi Moshe David Valley, who died in 1777. He writes that this word, Hevel, which we typically translate as futility, has two meanings. If you pronounce it Hevel, 
it means futility. But if you pronounce it Havel with a A instead of a E, instead of Hevel, it's Havel, it doesn't mean futility, but it means breath. And I'll, par- I'll paraphrase, I'll try to translate as close as I can his words, because they're so, so powerful. Just be two or three sentences. So bear with me. He writes, and I quote, A pure spirituality, again, this breath, is a pure spirituality without any physical form whatsoever. The true nature of reality is the spirit, not the body. The body clothes and houses the spirit, but the main thing is the spirit. So Ramosha David Valley is revealing to us an incredible insight. And that is, on the externality, on the superficial look of things, everything is futile. What is really the point? What are we aiming towards? What's the end goal? And it looks like nothing looks like futility. But if we look deeper, recognizing that the superficial side of it is nothing, and we look deeper and we see the inner essence, the spirit of things, we tap into a pure spirituality. What does this mean? What does this mean? I'd like to try and tap into this on two levels. What does it mean in terms of the world around us? And what does it mean in terms of the human being? And we'll explain those two levels as we go along here. But let's first jump into the words of the Tanya, the great Lubavitcher Rebbe, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, who died in 1812. And he writes the following words. Based on the early, early Kabbalistic work known as the Book of Creation, attributed, attributed to the patriarch Abraham, he writes that the spiritual building blocks of reality are the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. However, within the letters is the breath. In order to say, in order to speak, in order to enunciate a word, a letter, you first have to have the breath that the person's expressing. It is this breath that is the inner essence. It's the inner spiritual essence of our reality. This breath can take on 22 forms of the alphabet, letters of the alphabet, but at its root, it is one. There are two ways to view reality, superficially and deeper, internally. So on the surface, the seven mentions of the word Hevel, the seven futilities, represent everything being futile. But on a deeper level, it represents the spiritual foundations of the world. There are seven spiritual foundations of reality. And the seventh day, the Shabbos, is the purest expression of that deep spirituality. On that day, all external aspects of reality fall away, revealing that the deeper essence of all is the spirit. Okay, so you might ask, this is all very nice and very lofty, but what does it have to do with me? For one, it inspires the realization that our reality is not what we see on the surface. We need to think deeper. We need to see the meaning behind the parable that is our lives. For example, you may be feeding your child breakfast. You may be responding to a need, to a request from another person. And you think what you're really doing is you're just responding to this particular need. But think about it a little broader. When you do so, you're cementing your place as the anchor of stability for this child in a crazy world. You may be making breakfast or lunch, but you're doing something much more impactful. Or suppose you're walking outside, you're on your way into your car and the sun is shining on a beautiful fall day. Okay, nice day. Move on, there's things to do. Or I feel God's love in these rays of sunshine. A totally different experience. Another example, I'm having a conversation. I'd really rather be somewhere else. I have things to do. Or I'm investing in a relationship. I'm giving this person, I'm empowering them. I'm giving a sense that they matter. 
who knows where they can go if I'm able to empower them and give them a sense that they're big, that they can do great things. There's so many, so many examples where on the surface it seems like we're doing one thing, but a deeper look reveals that we're engaged in something incredibly impactful. In fact, in something eternal. That's a, that's a brief look at what it means to dig just a drop deeper in the meaning of life. Obviously, it goes so, so much further, which we'll hopefully explore, and we can think on our own. But this concept, there's an incredible hint here in this verse where futility is described as Hevel that gives us insight into the nature of man and what is truly meaningful in the life of a human being. The great Torah genus of Vilna, known as the, as the Gon of Vilna, or Belayahu, who died in 1797, as well as the Maral, Rabbi Huda Loi, who died in 1609, of Prague, they reveal that the word Hevel relates to the name Hevel. That is the name in English that's Abel. That's the name of Adam's son. Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. And the word Hevel in our verse here in Ecclesiastes is a reference to Hevel, to Abel, the son of the first man. But before we jump into what that might mean, let's take a step back and build a broad framework here. The Vilna Goen and the Maral both explain, Maimonides before them and others, that there are three levels of soul. There are more, but those are transcendent. In relation to what we interact with, we look at it as there are three levels of soul. One level is nefesh, which relates to the life force. We might call that, borrowing some of Maslow's terminology, we might call that survival. That's nefesh. Then there's another level, it's ruach, it's wind, it's movement, it's motivation. Finally, there's a third level called neshama, soul, or intellect. The Vilna Gaon explains that of Adam's two sons, Hevel, Abel, was an honor-seeking person. His brother Cain was a practical man and he started off on the level of survival. His survival turned very quickly to desire, as it does with us all the time. We might set out to eat because we're hungry and there's a built-in mechanism within us that says we need to survive. But what that quickly turns into is desire and sometimes we eat to our own detriment. That was Cain. The sacrifice that Cain provided was flax. All he would give, all he can provide, all he can donate, so to speak, to God was something that he didn't need. He didn't need the flax, and so he gave it away. He was a man of desire, and when his stomach was full, he was happy to share. God rejected his offering. God rejected his offering as something meaningless, so to speak, because there is no heart behind the offering. Havel, on the other hand, chased honor. And so, in pursuit of honor, he provided, he gave to God the choicest of his flock of sheep. Now, that sacrifice was accepted by God. And this is because honor-seeking is not something good, as we'll see in a moment. But it can be translated, it can be elevated to be something good. Meaning, motivation, for when someone is moved for the pursuit of honor it is not a good thing but if they're moved if their motivation leads them to do things for a higher calling if while engaged in the act of charity of giving even for honor seeking a person connects with the act of giving itself and does it for its own sake then there's a purpose 
the person has tapped into the higher level of what it means to be a human being. So Hevel himself, who chases honor, is meaningless. But when it translates, when it's elevated to something deeper, to some to pursuing goodness for goodness' sake, then it becomes meaningful. So that is why God accepts his sacrifice, his offering, because seeking honor, being motivated, can translate eventually into something positive. However, when Hevel and Cain, when Cain and Abel are alone in a field, Cain stands up and murders Abel. This is because, says the Vilna Goen, honor is fleeting. Honor is truly nothing. And so when a person is alone, when Hevel, when Abel's alone in a field, he dies. There's absolutely no place for honor seeking in solitude. A lesson that we should reflect upon specifically in our times. Continue into verse 3. What benefit is there for man in that which he toils under the sun? The Vilna Gon says, explains this means the sun is the neshama, it's the higher level of soul that, brought, that shines brightly a spiritual light into man, into the life of man. But what benefit is there if man's work remains beneath this level? If a person is engaged only in survival, what, what purpose is there in his life? Survival is there to allow for a motivation, a wind, a ruach, a motivation, which is there to build the intellect and the neshama of man. It is man's intellect that allows him to unite all of reality under the banner of God's kingdom. It is his intellect that allows him to connect with his creator, the greatest of joys. It is his intellect that allows him to build his inner world of spirit. It is the intellect that we can sense, that man can sense the potential in others and create the space where they can thrive. Intellect, man can become the being that he was created to be. However, even the intellect needs to remain in its proper place. While the Vilna Goen saw honor as relating to the mid-level of soul, to the level of motivation, Maral sees honor as relating to intellect. And this is a fascinating idea. The human intellect is incredible. However, it's like a tool, and if it is used incorrectly, it gets ruined. Honor, says the Maral, is about uniqueness. Each person is indeed unique. As an intellectual, free-willed being, each person has his own mindset, his own perspective. Each person is indeed their own world. The word kavod, which means honor, also relates to heaviness, to weightiness. Each person is unique. Each person is weighty. Each person is so, so important. However, the humble understand their talents, but they have a brutally honest idea of where they start and stop. But the person who seeks honor doesn't see where they, I don't have a proper, honest idea of where they stop or where they end. They have too much intellect, too much uniqueness. They actually have it. They may really have tremendous intellect, tremendous talent, tremendous uniqueness, but ultimately it will kill them if it's out of place. If it turns into honor seeking, if it takes a person beyond where he really belongs, if it takes a person outside of the realm that they should operate within, then it will ultimately kill a person. So to review briefly, we have three levels of soul. We have survival, we have motivation, and we have intellect. Each one needs to remain in its, pl in its proper place for human life to truly thrive. And ultimately, there's a deep meaning that man is meant to express with his intellect, which is the purpose of life. So let us step back. Let us not get lost in survival. 
Let us not get lost in desire that sometimes arises from survival. Let us not get lost in honor-seeking, which either relates to motivation or relates, as Maral saw it, to our sense of uniqueness. But let's focus on that uniqueness. Let's focus on the uniqueness we can bring about with our intellect. And God willing, will truly, truly find meaning in life. Thank you for joining. Hope to see you back again shortly.